All right, we've been in the book of Proverbs for the last few weeks. Uh, four weeks ago was the most important thing, wisdom. Then your words. Then your schedule. And then what the Bible has to say about your friendships. Today, our series continues, and we'll continue through Labor Day weekend with the Proverbs series. Today is the power of integrity in your life. Now, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. In your devices, you can go on version and search for an event, Fellowship of the Rockies, and connect with it. And you have the notes there. I'll tell you right up front, you're going to have on version a Proverbs 20, verse 17. My bad. I put 2017. It should be 20, verse 7. So when you come to that, and I'm reading some other verse, and you think, what in the world's happening? Uh, the mistake was all on me. I put it in, in there incorrectly. But other than that, I think all the verses in there are correct. Uh, if they're not, it's all my fault. So you can turn to Proverbs 10.9. That will be our launching pad verse today on this thing about integrity. Now, every one of us want our friends to have integrity because that impacts us. We want our spouse to have integrity. We want our children to have integrity we want our business partners to have integrity we want our leaders to have integrity we want our pastors to have integrity even when we have lapses of integrity we still want them to maintain integrity right because it benefits us so let's jump straight into proverbs 10 9 and we're going to unpack some things about this one little short verse that will launch us into quite a few other things we need to learn about integrity. In my study, the last several weeks about integrity, here's what God has shown me. I need new learning. I need at new levels to allow him to create integrity in me. And I dare say it's probably true for every person in this room. So let's do some learning together. Proverbs 10, verse 9. Very short verse. says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out now that's kind of one of those verses that you go so what's the big deal you know if they have integrity okay they'll have kind of a nice life it's kind of what it sounds like until we begin to understand some of the words now i'll, I'll confess right up front i'm a word nerd around here i'll use a word and someone will go what does that mean do you even know what it means? You just used it. And so I'll have to get out dictionary.com and say, well, here's what it means. And uh, to prove that I, most of the time, knew what it meant before I used it. It doesn't always turn out that way. But words are really important. God used a whole lot of them to write the Bible. And I don't think he, by accident, just threw a bunch of words together and said, there, that'll give them something to do in their spare time. No, it's a message to us that has great importance. And so these words are significant. And I think when we look at some of the words in this verse about integrity, then I think it'll do for you what it did for me over the last few weeks. That is, it raises the level of the importance of this factor in my life. And I pray that it will for every one of us. It makes it come alive. So I want to look at five words in this short verse. The first word is the word walks. W-A-L-K-S. It means going, literally, the Hebrew word for this, and the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. The Hebrew word for this means going to one's death. Now, that doesn't mean flying off a cliff to your death. It means this, 
wherever you are at the present moment, from that point all the way until you die. So it's this span of life, and then it describes your behavior or the way you live during that span of life. Every area of your life it describes. So the whole idea of someone walking in integrity is not a compartmentalized idea of, well, I'm walking over here today, and then I'm go- later today I'll walk over in this area, and in this area I need to have integrity because everybody's watching, and in this area uh, no one's really watching. It doesn't mean that at all. It means from now till the time I die, every area of my life, every behavior is considered in this term, walk. So it's all of life. The next word is integrity. Now I'll do a brief definition here because we're going to piece it together throughout this whole talk. But integrity means fullness, completeness as it relates to innocence. Pastor Charlie said a couple of weeks ago, the root of that is the same word from which we get the word integer, which means a whole number. So the idea is wholeness or completeness. But specifically here, as it relates to innocence about wrongdoing. So the person walks in integrity. It says they will, if they do that, they will walk all of their life securely. That's the next word I want us to look at. The word secure, securely, signifies a place of refuge. That is, a refuge in, in actual fact. I have a real place of refuge, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, but it also speaks to the feeling, the, the fact that I need to feel like I'm secure and safe. Uh, so the, the idea of that I have this place of refuge where I can be these things, really safe. I can have assurance. I can be bold in my following of Christ. I live in this secure place without care, without anxiety, and with great confidence. Now listen, I want to live that way. I know you do too. Now, we have to be honest. None of us, 100% of the time, live in that environment. Sometimes we're anxious. Sometimes we have cares. Sometimes we are not confident. But that's what we want in life. Two more words I want to look at. The next one is, but he, it says, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. So the next word we want to look at is crooked. Uh, Some translations, if you have a different translation than the ESV, it may say the one who perverts his ways. So part of the idea of this word crooked means perverted or to tie in a knot or many knots or to distort something. In fact, one dictionary describes the, the, the perverted part of it as, as meaning to lead astray morally. So the person who makes their way perverted with a lot of distortions in it that is off track morally, the Bible says they will be found out. And that's the last word, phrase, I want to look at. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I really believe... I've learned how to exist with the wind and the dust and that in Pueblo 
What I've not learned, my body hasn't learned, my throat hasn't learned, is how to exist with rain and lots of plants growing and mold and fungus and those kinds of things. So uh, this summer has been entirely different. If you would, please excuse if that recurs, okay? So, found out. So this is the person who lives perverted, twisted, distorted, morally off base. It says... Really, what it means is all the facts are known so that that crooked person will face certain judgment. Now, that's different than our justice system, okay? Uh, You know, someone can be um, brought uh, or arrested, brought to trial. Uh, It seems pretty apparent to everyone concerned that they are absolutely guilty, and they can get off scot-free on a technicality. The picture here is that never happens. That never happens when God judges whether we are right or wrong. He's always right. And so he, he knows the truth. And so the assurance here is the person who perverts their ways will always be found out by God. May not, maybe not by us, but by God. So let me go back and let's paint the picture. So the person who spends all of their life from this day until their death walking in completeness as it relates to innocence, that is integrity, the, the, in every area of their life, not just in certain compartments, then that person will walk securely, without anxiety, with great confidence, with certainty, with assurance. But the one who makes their way perverted, tied in multiple knots, distorted, morally off base, that person will always come before God and God will know the absolute truth and truth and justice will be served always. Now, to me, that raises the level of the importance, A, of integrity and of the significance of this verse as I read it as it applies to my life. It's not some just little lame verse that says something nice about people who are nice people. It's much, much, much more than that. So, let's answer some questions then. The first question is this, what really is integrity? And what I want to do is just kind of paint a rather lengthy word picture for us of integrity so we have a stronger grasp of it. So picture it, well, the best you can, you've seen lots of pictures of it or you've seen movies about it that may or may not have been anywhere near accurate, the Titanic, a ship that was built uh, in an innovative design, 16 compartments in its hull, instead of one large compartment. And if the, the, the study, the, the physics, the engineering of it was, if four, up to four of those compartments were breached, they could be sealed off electromagnetically. The doors would seal, seal off those compartments and the boat, the ship could continue to not only float, but continue on to its destination. And so with great confidence, overconfidence, they sailed on through seas and uh, six of those compartments, depending on which story you read or which uh, occurrence or uh, details about it you read, six of those compartments were breached. And, well, we know the rest of the story. The ship went down. I think often we try to live our lives in that manner. We say this, like I said earlier, this compartment over here is really important. People are watching. I'm going to maintain integrity there. This one over here, mm, nobody's really watching, not so important. 
It's okay if that one gets breached and has some leaks in it. I'll just kind of seal it off where nobody can see it. I think often we approach life that way. Every one of us does this to some degree or another, okay? So up front, let's just admit, every one of us wrestle with this. And so people will say, well, that's my work life. Over here's my home life. Over here's my entertainment life, my recreational life. Here's my married life. Here's my online computer life. It doesn't really matter if anybody sees what I see there. All of those kinds of things. But the bottom line is that compartmentalizing lacks integrity. So now I know uh, we're doing the word nerd thing today, so just bear with me, all right? But these words are important words, not only in Scripture, but let's look to understand integrity. I want to I want to look at two more words before we get to how we define our integrity. Ethics. Ethics, that is a defined standard of right and wrong. In other words, it's how I define what is right, what is wrong, what's good, what is evil. That's my def- definition of it. That would be by ethic. Okay? The next word, morality. Morality is how you live according to your standard of right and wrong or good and evil. In other words, it's my practice. It's what I do every day. It's how I live out that standard of ethics. So, you have to choose. Will you stick to the ethics that you say you have and actually have your practice line up with that standard you have? Well, that would be a definition of integrity. In other words, when my ethic, I say, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. And then in my practice, what I do aligns with what I say is right. What I choose to not do is aligned with what I say is wrong. So, to the extent that my practice my morality lines up with my ethics, my stated beliefs, is the degree to which I have integrity. So if if my practice does not line up with my ethics, then I lack integrity to that degree that they don't line up. So let's let's look at it this way with your, your, say, your friend. Your friend tells you that he believes the best way to do life is to lie cheat and steal and so you go to john let's uh, say his name is john sorry uh, not not sorry john no, no, no. <laughs> and and the way he does business with you is every time he gets a chance he lies to you every time he gets an opportunity he cheats you every time he can he steals something from you or someone else in a twisted sort of way john said here's what i believe and that's what he did so in a weird way, his, he has integrity because he said, this is what I believe, and he did what he said he believes. So it, it, that's, a, that's a backward way of kind of looking at integrity. But I have to choose. Do I have a high ethic or a low ethic? Do I have a moral practice or an immoral practice? It's your choice. It's my choice. But to have integrity... We must have our practice line up with what we say we believe. So, 
The Bible teaches a high ethic. The Bible teaches a holy ethic. And so a person who claims to be a Christian has to live by biblical standards. That, just saying we're a Christian makes an ethical statement. So we've, cons uh, we've uh, committed to a very specific practice or morality. So for us to have integrity, our practice should match our ethic. Now, if you're like me, right about now you're going, oh man, I knew God was ticked at me, and now I really know it. I'm in serious trouble here. Well, hold on. I'm going to leave us in serious trouble for a little while, but there are answers from the Bible that get us out of that serious trouble. So, there was a group of uh, Jewish religious leaders who came to Jesus, and they were posing these kinds of questions to Jesus, trying to trap him. And he knew they had this high ethic, but he knew their practice was not the same as what they said. In Matthew 27, 23, <coughs> the, Jesus said this to them, Woe to you. Now, we don't talk that way. We might say, Woe, dude. But it doesn't mean the same thing as woe to you, okay? Woe to you means this is not good. You're in trouble. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You're like a whitewashed tomb, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within you're full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So... And, and, and right after that, Jesus goes on to say another woe there in, the, in this chapter 23 of Matthew. There are seven different times he says woe to you to these people. And right after that's one Pastor Charlie used a few weeks ago where he says, Woe to you. You clean the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup is still dirty. Remember Pastor Charlie talking about inside the cup living, okay? Well, that's what he's saying to them. He said, you, you take this compartment and you clean it up, but this one is not. And he says, you are hypocrites he said you lack integrity so you take that picture of how what we believe what we practice when that lines up then we have integrity wholeness completeness okay keep that picture in your mind i want to say one more thing about integrity and what it is that helps us grasp it it's your character not your reputation Character, not reputation. Let's define these. Reputation is what other people say about you based on what they know, the limited knowledge they have. That's your reputation. Your character is very simply stated this way. It's who you are when no one is looking. When you don't think anyone is watching, it's who you are in those times. Now, Scanning the book of Proverbs, I see some verses about integrity that kind of inform us about this character thing. Let's just walk through these, all right? Proverbs 10, 9. I already read that to you. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but the one who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And you'll see several of these contrast integrity with that crooked, distorted, perverted way of living. Proverbs 2, verses 6 and 7 say this. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity. Proverbs 11.3 says this. The integrity of the upright 
guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And if you're following on you version, this next one is the one that's incorrect. But it's Proverbs 20, verse 7. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. He'll be blessed and his children after him will be blessed. And then Proverbs 28, 18 says this. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Now, I think all of those different scriptures as well as thoughts help us get a, a picture of biblical, the biblical view of integrity in our lives. Now, if you're like me, your question all along has been, okay, I know I'm in trouble. Please tell me how to get out of this trouble. So the next question is, how do I get this integrity, okay? And the first thing I want to say is it's not simply by right actions alone. In other words, obviously, right actions are good. Right actions are not bad, but actions alone are not sufficient for us to just have, say we have integrity. I can do the right thing that my boss or supervisor or somebody in authority over me tells me and with a really horrible attitude. I think that still somehow lacks integrity, don't you? So it's not just right actions. So let's see what the Bible says. Romans chapter 3 speaks about this. For by the works of the law, just put in your mind, right actions. No human being will be justified in God's sight. That's who his is. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So we read the law and we go, oh, I missed it there. I missed it here. I missed it here. Verse 23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I know that. I know that. You know, Pastor Dwayne's been telling me that. I've been reading it. Verse 24 gives us the answer. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the second part of how do I get this is it comes from his righteousness. Not my right actions, but from his righteousness. Let's look at two different scriptures. And I just want to comment phrase by phrase and paint the picture of how we gain integrity. Titus chapter 3 says this. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Uh, that's just a long way for the Apostle Paul to say, Jesus showed up and offered us salvation. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, okay? He's further confirming, not by right actions on our part. But according to his own mercy, it all originated with God, by the washing of regeneration, that's one picture. In other words, he cleans us up and gives us new life is one picture. And by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we need new life given to us. And he does that through his Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified, and every time you see the word justified in the New Testament, was talking about our salvation, in your mind, just think, that means I have been judged not guilty of sin. Now, you know and I know that is not something we deserve, right? That's something we gain by our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, being justified by His grace, 
we, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We inherit eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one more verse that says more of the same thing. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. In the New Testament Greek, that word means a, a species that didn't even exist before. In other words, all the way back, July 22nd, 1972, early in that day, what, what existed inside Dwayne Arledge was a lost person who was apart from God. And in the middle of that afternoon, when I said, God, I don't care what any of my friends think, the rest of my life is yours. I had let friends and what they thought about Christians govern whether I would give my life to Christ for years. And that day, at whatever time of day that was, then he created a new spiritual being in me. I don't know how he did it. I just know he says he does, and I believe he did. And I've been the recipient of that for over 40 years. Because he gave me a new life. That's how we gain the ability to have integrity. Now, let me sidetrack for just a moment. And now I'm coming right back onto track. Before we leave this idea of, of how, how do I do this thing of integrity. Often when people are struggling with questions like that. Some well-meaning friend will say, well, trust your conscience. Or the one I really like. Just follow your heart. Oh my gosh. If I followed my heart, I would be so far off base it wouldn't even be funny. You know why? This week. This week, Friday to be exact, in our life journaling, I came across the verse that tells me why. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this about my heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In other words... I can't trust my heart. You can't trust your heart. Now, that doesn't mean your heart or my heart is as absolutely bad as it could be. But it does mean that don't ever trust your heart to be as good as it ought to be. So if you go trusting your heart, you're going you're gonna to get off a little bit here and then a little more and then a lot and a lot more. Listen, what do you trust when you're looking for integrity in your life? God and His Word. That's the only thing we can trust to always be holy and right and pure. So let's tie it all together, okay? Character's who you are when nobody's looking, right? So if you're going to have integrity, then you set your standard based on God's Word. You depend completely on God to give you Holy Spirit power to be exactly who you say you are. Did you catch that part? Then... You can't say, look at me. Oh, <clears throat> let me show you this. Here's my integrity. And, you know, parade yourself around and expect someone to give you a trophy or a pat on the back. When we truly have integrity, it will only be because Jesus Christ has come into our lives, transformed us, given us new life, and we surrender to him and let him accomplish in us what we have found ourselves incapable of doing on our own that's integrity now what are the results you say are there any results because you know I'm gonna work myself to death my whole life here I'm gonna come to the end of my life trying to have integrity and there'll be no real benefit you know pastor Duane or whoever told me that I need integrity and I've read it in the Bible uh, is there any benefit well God knows us and he knows that 
it helps when he tells us all the benefits of, of obeying him. So let's look. Only six I'll give you here. They're all right out of the book of Proverbs. Some results. The Proverbs says this. <coughs> Pardon me. Proverbs 2 verse 7 says it this way. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. So I get wisdom. When I have integrity. He gives me wisdom. The second thing he gets is right, he gives us is right in that same verse. I get protection when I have integrity. He says, and he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. The whole idea of a shield is protection against the attack of the enemy. And so I get protection from whatever or whoever is attacking me. The third thing is this. I get security. Right out of Proverbs 10.9 that we've been uh, pulling apart and studying and dissecting. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. I get that security, that lack of anxiety, that boldness, that confidence in God. Fourth thing, I get guidance. I need guidance every day of my life. Proverbs 11.3 tells us about that. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Now, before you think, well, my integrity is what guides me. Remember, we've already established the way to have integrity is, is through a relationship with God, surrendering to Him and letting Him work through us what we cannot do ourselves. So I get guidance. Fifth, I get deliverance. Proverbs twenty-eight eighteen says this, whoever walks in integrity will be delivered and the old testament word for that some translations will say that you get salvation that's not meaning forgiveness of your sin that is deliverance from the enemy who is attacking you whatever or whoever that may be and this kind of deliverance when spoken about is never the kind of deliverance that comes from a human deliverer only from a divine deliverer god himself so he gives us deliverance when we have integrity the last thing he says in the book of Proverbs, verse 20, verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Listen, if you walk in such a way, God blesses your life with, in, in your integrity, it says he'll bless your children even because of the integrity you allow him to create in your life. Now, anyone in here who's a parent knows what a great blessing it is when your children actually choose to walk with integrity with obedience with grace with kindness with nice attitudes toward other people treating other people the way they would want to be treated all of those kinds of things that we spend our lives as parents trying to force feed our children when they actually do those things there is great blessing and God's word says, those who have integrity will receive that kind of blessing in their life. I want that kind of life. Don't you? Would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes. Every week at this point in the service, we offer the opportunity for people to receive prayer. It's a very important time in our service. It's not the time to prepare to leave. 
Because everyone has an assignment from God. Some people have been called to receive prayer. Every one of the rest of us are called to pray for those who are receiving prayer and the prayer partners who are ministering God's word and ministering in prayer. It's the time for us to hear from God and to obey Him. Now, you might need prayer for a sickness in your life. You may have discovered this week that you have some terminal illness. I don't know what that is, but God does and you do. You may need prayer for a relational problem. You may need wisdom in a decision you're about to make that will impact your whole life or the life of your whole family. You may have a family member you want us to help you pray for that's a great burden for you. And as I've been talking today, you might have realized I really have compartmentalized my life. And I need God to help me live a life with integrity, to walk in integrity that all of my life from this time until the day I die, I will live with every area of my life completely available to God. And I was, as I was talking about how we do this integrity thing and realize that we can't do it apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you may have realized, I need a right relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to repent and, and believe on Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't know which of all of those things you may need, but I believe you do. I believe God's already spoken to you. And so, in a moment, I'm going to pray. After I pray, I'll ask everyone to stand. When I do that, that's your signal to come. You won't be coming alone. Prayer partners will be coming. Others will be coming to receive prayer. And our prayer partners stay here until they've prayed with every person who comes. Even if all prayer partners are praying with someone, if you come to the front and just wait at a front seat, they will not leave until they've helped and prayed and ministered. Whatever your next step is, in a moment, you come. Father, I pray that your will would be done in this time, that each of us would, would obey you with what you have for us to do, whether praying for others or receiving prayer. And I pray that your will would be accomplished in each life. In Jesus' name, amen.